I think to myself, like for instance, exercise is thinking time. It's freed up thinking time. There's generally no paper in front of you. You're not basically watching the TV or listening to some narrative. You are thinking. Often a lot of the things that we do when we go on vacation or get away provide a lot of that freed up thinking time. When the, the RAM the, in your memory, the short-term memory, the things you're like currently occupied with, starts to loosen up, you can think differently. As an entrepreneur, I mean, every, everybody needs to get away, think differently, and then come on back and bring some of that new thinking into their business. I think that's a secret of success right there. Hey everyone, welcome back to another great episode of Out of the Hourglass, a podcast channel presented by Nolan Consulting Group. Today we're joined by Kevin Nolan, President and CEO of Nolan Painting and partner at Nolan Consulting Group. We're talking about life and seeking the balance amongst personal and professional goals, hobbies, aspirations, and commitments. How do we recognize when we're off balance? How do you course correct? How do you choose one commitment over the other? Creating focus and direction at different stages of our life really comes down to defining and chasing your primary aim. What do you want your life to look like? Today's episode of Out of the Hourglass is sponsored by Company Cam, the only app every contractor needs. Out of the Hourglass is a podcast channel dedicated to helping small business owners and contractors visualize their goals develop high-performing teams, and build sustainable growth. It's time to get out of the hourglass. All right, everyone, welcome back to another episode. I'm here with Kevin Nolan of uh, Nolan Painting and also partner at Nolan Consulting Group. Kevin, how are you? I'm doing great. It's a Friday. It is a Friday. We love podcasting on Fridays. Uh, it's been a little while since we we had you on the podcast. I think the last one was with Brian doing the Businesses Messy series, which I know that a lot of folks love that one. And we'll be, we'll be coming back with another episode pretty soon. Yeah. Uh, but how you been? I'm doing great. Um, things have been going really well. And I've had some, uh, I guess I, at this moment, I feel like I've had some balance. So it's a subject that um, I'm really excited to talk about. Yeah. So uh, today we're we're talking about work life balance. You know, learning how to kind of fight the guilt and make time for passions. I mean, I think work life balance is a phrase that we've heard more and more and more over the last several years. Maybe it's a generational thing. Folks are saying the millennials are looking for work life balance. Uh, but Kev, Brian tells me, come twelve o'clock on Wednesdays, your week is done. So you've uh, you found <laughs> uh, that's a little story that he's telling himself. I'm not quite sure why. Um, I knew that would get to you because anybody that knows me is the only time I'm done is around nine 30 at night. Um, other than that, I pretty much go all the time. Um, thankfully I have a high energy output and mm -hmm. so I virtually never done, never done until I go to bed. So never done. Your days are pretty structured. No, work -wise, I no work wise. Um, I don't know. After the Wednesday meeting, the, I mean, after our Wednesday, uh, we did a bike ride this week. Wednesday. After that, um, I know I had a, yesterday. I had a full day, um, which was capped off at the end of the day by a company meeting. So uh, yeah, no, no way, no how am I uh, quitting at noon on Wednesdays? <laughs> I know I kid, and I know Brian will uh, will appreciate that little that little poke at you. Um, so talk to me. You know the reason why I have you on here is because I feel like you 
um, you work very hard, but you also, you play hard in the same sense. You you have found a really good balance of work hard, play hard. Um, So when we talk about work-life balance, what does that phrase mean to you? Well, so it's not really work-life balance. It's all life. Like it's all, it's everything that's happening all the time. And it's really, particularly when you're an entrepreneur, it's about finding balance constantly. Um, and I, I'm often out of balance um, and then get back in balance again. So, I mean, I've been out of balance a lot over my life and I feel it sometimes. I mean, everybody must get this feeling where they're out of balance. They're spending too much money on things. Maybe Christmas time, they're spending too much money or maybe um, they're working too hard or, you know, they've, they've got some project that they're really wrapped up in and they just go, they just go full bore for it. And that's what I do. I tend to go hard on something until it's finished. And sometimes I get out of balance for it, you know. Um, do you have certain triggers that kind of remind you that you are off balance? Like something that kind of, that, that like hits home, you're like, oh boy, I need to kind of reset myself. Probably the self-talk, you know, it, it gets back to self-talk. We talk about that a lot at an consulting group about, you know, what you say to yourself and what are, what are you saying as you talk to yourself a lot? Uh, are you saying you're out of balance? Are you mm-hmm. saying that you're happy, comfortable, and things are in harmony? Or are you saying it's a little out of whack and you know that? And so it's an inner voice that pretty much tells you when you know you're getting out of balance. Sometimes you say, oh, I'm, I'm out of balance, but it doesn't matter. I still have to finish this project or I have to finish this marathon, right? Or whatever it is, you have to finish what you're doing. Um, and then you have to look for ways to get back in balance again and, you know, get back to sort of the routines and the normal things that, that create balance, right? Like back to good sleep, uh, back to, you know, you know, eight or 10 hour work days and not crazy work days and um, good health and food and all that stuff. And so you just look to get those things back in your life when you do get out of balance, because you will. I mean, I think any passionate driven person is going to get out of balance um, from time to time. Um, and don't punish yourself. It's like it's like that they say about dieting. If you happen to go off the reservation and you have a diet and you and you eat a big meal and you have a big dessert and you feel bad the next day, don't feel bad the next day. Just enjoy the fact that you had a great experience and then and then look to seek out balance again. Um, that's sort of the self-talk I'm always telling myself, but it's all the same. I mean, to get back to how you started about quitting at noon. So even Sundays and Saturdays and, you know, even when I'm, I don't know, if I'm digging a hole in the garden, I'm still thinking about work and play and career and family and friends. So a lot of it is what you're thinking about and how you're thinking about it. And are you judgmental or are you content? You know, or is things good or do you don't feel so good about it? So, I think what you just said there is a big uh, uh, kind of a key. Are you judgmental or are you, or are you content? Are you content with life as it is in the way that you spend your time? So yeah. if for you, uh, spending 50, 60 hours at work um, brings you joy, so I'm not saying you particularly, but hypothetically, if you're an individual who who spends that time at work and loves it and is passionate about it. Maybe you're building a business. Maybe right now, this part of your life, that is your balance and you are, and you're content there. Um, But as you transition. 
hopefully it's not all of your balance or, you know, all work and no play makes you a dull person. Mm -hmm. Clearly you could be overdoing it at work, but maybe you can't balance lots of other things. Like maybe you can't balance lots of hobbies right now, but hopefully you're balancing the other things you value in your life. Like maybe your family, um, your health. I mean, you know, when most people are asked to pick values that are important to them, they pick family high up on the list and they don't pick work high up on the list. It's and true. Yet, all the time, they make this judgment to go to work and not to go to family. Now, don't get me wrong. Obviously, you have to work hard to build your business. You need to earn money to build your career. You have to basically invest in yourself and you have to put in the time. But yeah, clearly you can't balance as many things if you still want to balance your family in that. And I know one of the great things about being an entrepreneur was having that control. Mm-hmm. You don't have control, stress creeps in. And now you, you basically start to be very anxious. And that's, that's not a good thing, right? That's not the content feeling. Right. I mean, I always remember being able to have the control to say three o'clock is a lacrosse game. My boys are going to be at it. I'm going to schedule it. I put it in my calendar, mm-hmm. write down LAX, which meant I was going to the kids lacrosse game or a football game or cross country meets with Claire. And, you know, those were the things that um, I wanted to make sure I was balancing in the act um, because you're all trying to get this all together and you're doing this balancing act. But it was hard to do some of the things that I would call hobbies or I like mm-hmm. to a lot of those I like to do don't get to happen maybe until the weekend or until the vacation or until you get to be like my age, 61 years old. You get to do more of the I like to do's and maybe not so much the have to do's. You know, my, my son just, Kevin just had, his wife just had a baby. Now they have two babies in a year and a half. And he has had to say no to a lot of cool things that we're doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, Together, you know, we're, we're both physical fitness people, obviously um, half of his speed and talent, but I, I'm, <laughs> I'm all in. And, you know, if we're doing a race or a triathlon, he's not coming because he can't balance it all. Um, but he is balancing work, which is good for, for all of us, mm-hmm. and his family, um, which is great. And I, I do follow him on Strava and he's getting out for runs. Um, sometimes he runs during the middle of the day, just like I do. Um, and I always, I've always supported that because health is so important. And, you know, for me, fitness and health and exercise are part of my balancing act. Yeah, I've actually, that, that brings up a good point. Um, cause Kevin's a perfect example of that. I mean, there's different stages of, you know, in your life, in your career, where a different balance of things come into play. Um, so, you know, Kevin and his wife probably had to sit down and talk about what, what are our priorities right now? And how are we spending our time? Our weekends are changing. Um, you know, for, for you, as you, you look you at got a puppy dog and I did growing puppy dog. So your balance of life is changing. Yeah. We all have different things in our lives that kind of take over. And exa- yeah, of course, a, a puppy, um, 
is an interesting add yeah, to a life. Up at three o'clock in the morning with the puppy uh, and, and is this balance? <laughs> I know exactly. At least, you know, good thing. She's cute. Yes. Um, but I mean, as you look at like your career lifestyle or the lifespan of your career at different points in time, there's been different balance. There's been different priorities. Like you said, you know, when your kids were younger and you were making the priority to get to their games, that was balanced. Your hobbies, your passions, maybe were not necessarily sidelined, but you didn't get to spend as much time on them then. Now, as you look, you know, towards this part of your life where you are still working, you are still spending a lot of time at work. You're still, you know, passionate and focused on it. But at the same time, you're beginning to see what does retirement look like? And your kids are grown up and now you've got the fun grandkid time, but yeah. you are able to kind of shift out your weeks a little bit differently. Well, so, you know, it, it did start um, a few years back. I was training for an Ironman. And boy, talk about getting your balance out of whack. It, it does. Training for an Ironman is 20 to 30 hours a week of exercise. So anybody who's thinking of doing that needs to make sure that they have other things in their life in balance. And that's a key decision-making process when you decide to, to sign up for one. Um, can I commit that kind of time to train? And when you were my age, I was 58, it, it, it's more important than ever because I couldn't wing it. I had to put the work in or mm -hmm. it wouldn't have gone well. And it did go well, but it went well because I put the work in. Um, at that point, I started to realize that, um, that I needed, that I needed and it was healthy and that I deserved to be able to um, schedule the time um, in my career. I could pull it off. I didn't have, like you said, I didn't have young children commitments and work was going pretty well. And I could guilt-free uh, justify that now is the time to do it. And I did it and I felt great about it. And, but I would literally go over, I, I'd go over to the gym um, at 10 o'clock in the, in the morning and I'd come back at 2.30, um, feel a little bit like a bum. <laughs> but then within 15 or 20 minutes again, I was already back at work and working again and yeah, no guilt because at the end of the day, I fit in something that was really important. As a matter of fact, it goes from that little bit of guilt to tremendous satisfaction that you were able to prioritize and follow up on the things that that you that you meant to do, that you wanted to do. But but the guilt feeling was there momentarily, and I think that's a, that's a feeling that a lot of business owners. Um, understand and feel and whether it's they can't get away for a vacation because one they feel like they can't leave out the operations but two they feel guilty to walk away for a week um or you know leaving in the middle of the day going on there's you have control as a business owner as an entrepreneur but and so you can you can make those decisions you're you, you are your own boss but that guilt factor of I am the I am the boss. I should be there. People are looking up to me. What do my employees think? There's like how how do you get around that, or how have you gotten around that? It's there. There's no question about it. It's there. Um, I think guilt serves a purpose. That's not all bad, right? If I am neglecting one of my priorities, and therefore if my priorities are what constitutes how I consider life balance. Right. That's how I that's how I manage it by based on my priorities. And if I'm dropping my priorities or I'm out of whack on those priorities, 
then I should feel guilty. I mean, I'm mm-hmm. doing my job. I'm not some aspect of my work bat life balance is falling through, whether it was my family or whether it was work somewhere, I, I'm not true to that. And so I should feel guilty. Having said that, you have to analyze whether the guilt is justified or not. You know, we, we talk about emotions all the time and you know, lots of emotions take over. I mean, we've seen worry take over, hate and, and anger take over. You know, guilt shouldn't take over. Um, there's a justified period of when you might feel guilty. And if that's the case, acknowledge it and, and then, you know, decide how you're going to uh, address it. But then other than that, I don't think guilt has its place as long as you're balancing everything, right? If you're balancing everything, it does not have its place. And you, when you talk about justifying it, um, I mean, I think one of the great things you talked about before is, you know, we, we need to get away sometimes. You need to step away sometimes for your mental health, for your physical health, for your emotional health. And because you want to avoid burnout. And if so, and you want to come back and be a better, a, a better dad, a better business owner, a better team member, you, we all need to kind of step away. We can't just be pounding the pavement all the time. That would be burnout, right? Yeah, you're absolutely right. What, so I think to myself, like, for instance, exercise is thinking time. I mean, it's, it's freed up thinking time. There's generally no paper in front of you. You're not basically watching the TV or listening to some narrative. You are thinking. Um, often a lot of the things that we do when we go on vacation or get away provide a lot of that freed up thinking time. When the, the RAM the, in your memory, the short-term memory, the things you're like currently occupied with starts to loosen up and you can think differently. And as an entrepreneur, I mean, every everybody needs to get away, think differently, and then come on back and bring some of that new thinking into their business. I think that's a secret of success right there. If you can find a way to manage that in a, in a routine way where you're mm-hmm. constantly, for me, it was always been exercise, but, but obviously lots of other things can, I can do that. You know, one of my favorite things to do is to go work on my property. You know, I have a big property and um, I just love using the tractor and my equipment and I love digging holes and planting trees. And, and so it frees up my mind. Um, and I get to think differently about problems and things. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it absolutely is a positive from that standpoint that it gives you a new opportunity to think about things differently. And you, you know, I sometimes the stresses of life and work, we say can like empty the cup of energy that you have. But then when you do things like working on your property, going for a run, your things that you enjoy, you're re-energizing yourself. You're refilling the cup so that you can face another day and yeah. deal with the happenings that happen. Um, one thing you just mentioned about exercise being thinking time. We, I was just listening to a podcast um with Dave McGilvery, who or McGilvery, yeah. who is the race director of the Boston Marathon, yep. and he's a really interesting person, and I yes. loved this. I loved this podcast with him, and he's very intense. He is very intense, and so I won't condone or recommend all of his um, lifestyle choices, like getting up at two a.m. and starting his day. Then um, he feels like. At 2 a.m., that's that's his time. That's his time to plan, send emails, get logistics for the racing done, the planning. Because come 9 a.m., 
all the all the emails and communication from the rest of the world come to you and your productivity drops. Well, he does a lot more than the Boston Marathon, right? Right. He's he was called a logistician because he helped um, w- help run a large vaccine uh, clinic at Gillette Stadium mm-hmm. in in um, Massachusetts. But anyways, he was saying that exercise for him is his thinking time. But what he does is he brings a voice recorder with him. He probably brings his phone or something, but he has a voice recorder with him and he, he talks to himself and he takes notes down because his best thinking comes when he's exercising and he doesn't want to forget it. Um, so again, a little extreme, but like that, that just shows you how doing something different, being in a different environment, putting your physical body to the test, get your mind to go elsewhere. And that's, that can be productive time. Yeah. And, you know, he's such a busy person and, you know, like busy people, you find a busy person and you give them another job and they'll get it done. Like, it's just, there's seems he, to be yeah, no he's go, limit. go, go. There seems to be no limit to the capacity of what someone who is a high producer, busy person can handle. Um, at least from the outside, it always, it's always amazing. He also, last fun fact about Dave, once the Boston Marathon completely wraps up for the day, he then goes back out and runs the course himself. Yeah, every year for the last 30 years or so. Yeah, it's so fascinating. Um, but I highly recommend learning about him. He's had a heart him. condition too, right? He's had a heart condition. Yes. That has affected him, but he still gets out there and does it. And even though it's sometimes it's been brutally hard, but he still he still does it. So Because it's important to him. And he's, you know, so it's, again, it goes back to. It ends up fueling him. Right. right? It's yeah. filling his cup. It's yeah. filling up his cup. So right. I feel like part of filling up your cup, finding that balance um, is finding those outside activities, those outside passions that allow you to think differently and allow you and give you new perspectives. Um, I mean, you you have your property, you've got ed- uh, exercising and running and, and um, Ironman training and all of that. But how do we encourage others um, especially those who are, let's say, coming to the end of their career and they are looking, um, kind of looking through for succession and looking to pass or send, you know, pass along their business or sell their business. How do they look to fill up all that time that they've spent at their business? So I think it gets back to what we've always talked about when you were trying to grow your business is what's your primary aim? You know, when I meet someone and I coach somebody, I ask them what their primary aim is. Like, what are you looking to achieve? You must have some clue that in that you had in your high mindedness of what you wanted to achieve, I don't know, three, five years from now. And then to literally force them. And this is so hard to get people to do this. Write it down. So write up a one page document about what you like, what your life will look like on date certain in the future. I recently did it. Um, for July 4th, uh, 2024. Okay. So mm-hmm. it was, I wrote it, I wrote it on July 4th, um, a couple weeks, a couple months ago, and it was for three years. Okay. So in three years, I'll be, I'll be, uh, at that point, I'll be 90 days away from retirement, um, as CEO. What am I thinking? Uh, yeah. I just took a little stab at it. Um, and I played with it. Um, I shared it with some folks um, and had some fun with it. It's not that big a deal to write something like that up and play with it. I wanted to know what my head might be like. And so I preconditioned my, myself to think about it. 
um, to form opinions about how I'm going to be content and happy and looking forward to it. I also get very specific about what my day looks like. So um, did I run? Um, did I eat well that day? Um, you know, how's my health doing? Um, how am I, you know, how, what are my interests like? How's my family doing? What specific, I don't say how they're doing. I go meeting, you know, meeting Colleen for lunch, you know, stuff mm -hmm. like that. Literally, specifically what the day would look like to basically further define to me what it would look like if I tried to create it um, from scratch. And I am. And so then, then you set about doing it. Incidentally, I'll write another one in another few months. And it could be five years down the road. I've been doing it maybe twice a year. Okay. Um, and I pick dates certain. Usually it's five years from that exact day. Um, and I say things like, still managed to keep my weight at 175 pounds. Well, so I'm projecting five years from now that I'm going to manage to keep my weight at 175. I mean, that's, that's intentional. That's not happenstance. Mm -hmm. uh, in order for that to happen, um, you know, I have all these weird, weird things about it. Like if I get to be 176, that means ice cream and cheese are out. <laughs> Some of the best things. Yeah, I know. But I can have them if I can keep my weight down to 172. So yeah. anyway, that's, I mean, that's a game plan. I get it. But it's its intentional. That's what my point is. Is, um, is I, I, I'm literally trying to time management my life to the way I want it to be. Mm -hmm. And then hopefully achieve it. And does it always work out to be the way you planned? No. Do you have a higher probability of getting there? Absolutely particularly if it's something that's a desired state and you want to get to a desired state, you start to write it down, make it real, and then start to move in that direction. Um, if it appears as though or feels as though it's wrong, um, simply write another goal, another plan, another primary aim. Um, so it's, it's continually, I've been doing it for 20 years now and I wish I had discovered it, you know, at a, a your age, because yeah, so, I mean, have you ever done one, Molly? Have you ever written up a primary aim? You know, probably several years ago, but it's been a while. Um, I'm, it's, and I'm getting the, uh, the feeling like you're challenging me to do it. <laughs> I think, you know, one of the challenges would be um, I write you one, you write one, we share it. So yeah. I've done that with a lot of folks, a lot of people I coach because they'll, they'll hem and haw and I'll go, hey, look, I'll write one. And mine's harder than yours. I have to decide what the hell I'm going to do when I retire. It's you true. Know? you're going to be theoretically in your role and you're just going to, you might have some changes to your role, mm -hmm. uh, but you're not making a drastic life choice or change like I'm making. So right. really more important now than it's ever been to me that I'm living intentional planned. Um, and I'm planning to be happy, you know, because you have to know what happiness is and you have to plan it and then you can achieve it and you can feel really good about it. And that's, to me, a success and happiness. We pause for a quick moment to remind you that today's episode is sponsored by CompanyCam. Hey, contractor, I have the solution for all your photo documentation needs. No more texting or emailing photos to your crews or searching through countless folders to find out who or where you left off on a job site. CompanyCam makes it dead simple to communicate, document, and problem solve with guys in the field no matter where you are. 
Company Cam brings documentation, communication, and liability protection together in one simple, easy-to-use app for you and your entire team. Take unlimited photos and videos, share custom reports, create flawless before and afters, and even communicate and share progress with homeowners with galleries and project timelines, all from your smartphone. Company Cam, the only app every contractor needs. Check it out and get started free at www.getcompanycam.com or in your app store. And now back to our episode. Yeah, I mean, the primary aim, I know it's something that we've all always included almost like it's like a vision um, in a sense. And we've talked about having a vision as part of your business plan. And so, you know, you create this primary aim for your business where you want to be in three and five years. Um, and it sounds fantastic because you're going, you, I mean, you're, you're creating, you're manifesting where you want the business to be in the operational structure. Right. But there's a, when it comes to personal life, for some reason, it feels a little bit scarier to do that. And I don't, I don't know why. Um, Maybe, but you know, like mine will say things like uh, planning a trip to go skiing, um, my Mary Fran and I are going to do another REI adventure trip. You know, we'll just, we'll be populating it with um, fun things to do that are exciting um, and we can get excited about. It. Yeah. I mean, that's really what it's all about. Do you ever um, look back on a primary aim that you wrote? So like when, when July 4th comes in the, in three years, Will you look at your primary aim that you wrote for that date? And, oh, and okay, because like, so what happens if what you thought was going to be isn't actually what's happening? Like, is there just well, dis- disappointment? So it's never a surprise. So what happens is, is you sort of plant these seeds in your brain and the writing it down makes it more, more real, like it's real seed in real soil. So you plant these seeds and then then you spend all this time thinking about it and you get to, you get to change life anytime you want. That's the great part about it. So if it's not, so the story I've told, and I think I might've told it on the podcast is I wrote one that said I was going to be developing this property in Florida. Mm. So, um, so I, I wrote it like three or two, three years ago. And bottom line is when I retired, I had this 25 acres. I was going to build houses on them. You know, I built my own house 10 years ago. So I know a little bit about it. And I thought I'd hire a builder, build a house, you know, divide the properties up, build a house, sell the house, build another house, keep me busy, right? Project. Yeah. I like doing stuff like that. So anyway, I decided, well, if that's the case, I better go down and look at this property again. I bought it in 2007. I haven't been down there a whole lot. Um, so I went down there the week in November, uh, just after the uh, presidential election. And I spent the whole week down there uh, alone um, just like that TV show alone, uh, I was uh, <laughs> on the property. I had to weed whack my way into the property. I set up my camping and I spent a week there and uh, I decided that I'm not doing this. Uh, it turns out the neighborhood's not what I would like to build single family homes. It would be better for sort of high density, low income homes. Um, okay. it's, um, it's fairly populated, but it's not with the type of folks that can afford a a house that I was planning on building. Mm-hmm. So, so there was a moment there where I was like, huh, that's a bummer. Uh, <laughs> those were my, those were my life plans, like come retirement. Exactly. What are you going to do to keep you busy now? 
So I drove home the whole way by myself. By the way, my wife wanted no parts of the trip. <laughs> drove the whole way from Florida home, rethinking my life. Yeah. <laughs> How fun, right? You get a chance to predict and plan and rethink your life. Fun, actually. A few minutes of, of disappointment, but then decided to, to write up another one, you know, to write up another vision. Mm-hmm. Uh, the... Um, and so, the, yeah, so now I'm doing another one that's going to have um, work is going to change for me. I'm going to be doing more with Nola Consulting Group. I'm going to get uh, six or eight or 10 clients and manage that. That'll be, mm-hmm. uh, won't be too much work, but it'll be, should be fun. Um, and then that'll give me lots of opportunities to do some, all these other hobbies and things that I want to do. Um, so I really am probably better off not doing this humongous project. I'm probably better off uh, pursuing all my other interests. Um, so I've written up another, another primary aim that, that looks a little different. And um, it involves me managing, literally it says that I'm coaching 10 clients at Nolan Consulting Group. And this is how I spend the rest of my time. So still running, still doing half marathons, still doing an occasional marathon or something like that. So your your primary aim, kind of going back to this, you know, our topic at hand here, your primary aim is what's setting the intentions for, for life to come and the balance that you want. Yep. Yeah. And so maybe we, we encourage, um, I'm going to wrap myself into this, you know, folks who are listening to think about, you know, where they're at in their life, where, what, what kind of fills their weeks, their months, their years, um, what do they want? their future state to look like. And if balance, I say that in quotes, is what you're going after. Well, then how are you being intentional about that? And I think creating your primary aim for one, two, three years out is your first step Absolutely. because that's planting the seeds as to what you really want. And like you said, being, if, I know I share it with you, you share it back to me, like that's accountability. And it's almost like if you say something out loud and you share it, you all of a sudden have people aware of it and are like almost little um, accountability partners that you didn't really even know you created. Well, and you also created a level of accountability to yourself that is stronger than just a passing thought, stronger than a daydream, you know, Mm -hmm. more intentional than a daydream. I often think that when people think and then don't write it down, that they're just daydreaming. You know, yeah, that's so true. That seems to me to be um, just sort of like, I don't know, it's like a non-starter. If you don't write it down, it's a non-starter. So I'm a big believer in all that stuff. It's that one day, one day I'll do that. When is that one day? Right. When when will that happen? Now, Kev, my question. We're all on a timeline. <laughs> they are. It's true. We are all on a timeline. Some of ours are shorter than others. Um, we and that's the thing. We don't we don't know. So we don't know what our timeline is. So that that one day factor um, doesn't shouldn't really apply here. But what where do you keep your primary aim? Like do you and when you write one, do you how often do you look at it? So I don't look at it a lot. Um, I mostly, once I write it, so here's how I do it. I write it down and then I spend three or four days on it. That's all, three or four days. I open it up, I shut it, I wordsmith it. No, you know, it doesn't have to be wordsmith for anybody but me, but I want to be, I want to make sure I get it. What was I, I want to make sure that it's actually correct. So I go through it and I make sure that it, it's, it's exactly what I'm thinking right now for some date certain in the future, some period in the future. 
I opened it, shut it a couple of times in that week. And then I don't really have to touch it again until maybe a few years later, I'll do it for fun. Um, the reason why is it's real. I don't have to read it again. I remember it oh so well um, because I made it real. So, you know, it doesn't need to be uh, reinforced. Like I, I know exactly okay. what I'm thinking. I get it. It's me. It's as intimate as it can possibly be. Um, there's no, oh, oh, I forgot I wanted to do that. That doesn't happen. It literally becomes real. And so you're almost living it the minute you finish it. Um, so I feel like the more real that you make it, the more and um, the less you are to kind of forget the details of it because you're truly kind of becoming yeah. vulnerable with yourself yeah. versus if you were to, you know, I'm going to say half-ass it a little bit and just maybe try to generalize, you well, might really forget that's not really the, that you're not doing the primary aim that you're doing right. it a disservice. You're doing the exercise a disservice. That's certainly one thing that can happen. And I think half-assing it is probably more inclined. But the other problem is you could obsess about it. And that could be a problem too. Like you could, you could be, once again, if you're stacking all of your success on the results of your, of your journey, let's say your primary aim was to get a million dollars. And at the end of so many years, you only had a half a million, you considered yourself not successful today. Like that's not what we're trying to do here. All we're trying to do is point ourselves in a direction that'll make us happy. What's our primary aim in life? What are we trying to achieve? Let's get pointed in the right direction and, and write it down. And then, yeah, so, I mean, I always said that when I got to be uh, 60, I'd get a Tesla. Um, and I'm not getting a Tesla, I'm getting a Ford Mach-E. Uh, it's gonna be delivered next month. Um, and I've been waiting for it, like that second marshmallow that we talk about. Um, but yeah, things changed. I thought to myself, um, I want to, I want to do something different. And I had three primary aims that had me getting a Tesla. So <laughs> am I sad about it? No, and not at all. It's fun. Um, so when, when writing it, it's, I think it's important to recognize that, you know, life happens, things change. Again, this is a, this is a direction. This is trying to establish a little bit of a control of, as to what you'd life, what you'd like to design life to be. Um, right. but also be aware that we are meant to adapt and yeah. that there are going to be, we won't be able to control all of everything that comes our way. No um, but we, you know, I wanted to touch base before we wrap up on um, basically about the day-to-day -day things that are so important to mm -hmm establish this work-life balance. You've heard it all before. Um, you know, things like getting the right amount of sleep. When I was younger, I remember thinking I can get by in five or six hours of sleep. And yeah, all that does is make you older. You just get older faster. Even <laughs> that to be the case. Um, now sleep to me is as important as food and water. So I literally don't go a day without the right amount of sleep. If I do, I catch up. I notice it more than ever before that I don't feel the same way. Once again, diet. Um, it's important to have controlled, healthy diet that you plan. I mean, on Sunday nights, I'm cooking food for the week. I'm making, I'm dividing up things so I'm making oatmeal, oatmeal for the week. I'm, you know, I'm getting myself ready so that I can have a planned week. Um, I'm scheduling in exercise. I'm literally scheduling in when I'm going to exercise the whole week. I'm thinking about it ahead of time. I'm not just trying to find time for it. I'm 
prioritizing it. Mm-hmm. All my meetings. So when we run meetings, um, our meetings are an hour. They're if they're more than an hour, we're gonna we're gonna call it, we're gonna wrap it, call a timeout, and we're gonna schedule another meeting um, to follow up. Um, if there's too much happening in a meeting, divide the meeting in half. Um, maybe have a committee. Um, but you can't have, your day has to be that planned, I think, to be able to balance all these things, to be able to balance the fact that you're gonna to go to, you know, your, your kid's soccer game. You, that has to be written in a calendar, just like an appointment with a customer. Right, uh, and res- things, respect that time. Yeah, absolutely. These things are so important. Um, and, and that whole thing we talked about earlier, guilt, sometimes that's in there. Um, but that it quickly turns to satisfaction when you did it, when you made it, you did it right. All of a sudden, you know, you're in balance because you're achieving your weekly goals, your, your uh, monthly goals or whatever, which is another thing, setting these goals. Um, I've talked about having weight goals and things, but you know, all of it is about a journey. So even though you can have this primary aim, it's the journey day to day, that's really your life. And that's what you're doing, but, you know, I once saw a quote that said, uh, success is the, is the real, the, the worthwhile, what is it now? Success is the realization of worthwhile goals. So, boy, it feels great when you hit a goal. So set these, lots of these little goals. And, and when you do them, you feel successful. So some people might say, I'm a little bit out of balance now with Strava, right? You've heard my Strava stories. Oh, Yes. <laughs> So I would have, I'd be in the camp of saying that you maybe are. Yep. I know there's people <laughs> commenting. They follow me on Strava. There's a, there's a trail right across from my office. It's called the Pensy Trail. And there's some stranger and me that are locked in a battle to see who can do it the most times in a 90 day period. And um, so currently I'm winning 102 to 85. Um, but I know that sounds kind of whacked, but you'd be surprised <laughs> how much how much satisfaction I get out of. Um, so I'm going to go over there today and do a few more segments and do it a few more times. Mm-hmm. And then that way I'll be comfortable enough to uh, stay ahead and know that I, you know, I have a few that are going to be coming off the 90 days and I know when they are. And so, although this has looked from some people like, like crazy, it's, it's actually motivated me. It's inspired me. and I've had a lot of fun with it. And so by that criteria, uh, there's no, there's no problem here. Mm -hmm. Um, But if you're an enthusiastic person, all these things are things that you can have fun with. Mm -hmm. Most of the people that will listen to this are enthusiasts. They get excited about things. They make things happen. They do things to things and they achieve things. And so um, cultivating some of these mindsets, some of these games, some of these um, motivational hacks, I think, are really important um, at any age. Um, yep. Fortunately or unfortunately, as you get older, you tend to realize the importance of those things more and um, realize that, you know, we're all in a dash. And if you want to achieve certain things in life, you have to prioritize them. And so, um, so I've been lucky enough to, at some point in my life, discovered all that. So. Yeah, I think you um, you learn to. We see how fast time goes, and I, you know, I, I hear because I hear Brian talk about this all the time. You know, he respects certain boundaries more and respects his his time and respects, 
you know, the, the weekends away, or you've, you, you know, you've, you've earned this time per se, but again, it's, it's maybe having more an awareness of life itself and the purpose of why, of why you're here and what you want to do while you're here and how you want to spend your time. And so being intentional. It's okay to say, Hey, work is really important to me, but if it's all work and you haven't cultivated other things, yeah, I wouldn't call that balance. Yeah. Yeah. I think true happiness will come when you have some type of balance. So, um, spreading it out, thinking about it, being intentional. I love it. Well, Kev, as, as always, thank you for sharing your wisdom and your, your, your crazy, uh, life what, passions. And that's what they call it when you get to be my age wisdom. <laughs> yeah. What's it prior to, uh, your age, just, uh, crazy ideas. What do we- yeah, maybe. Yeah. Maybe it's just, He's crazy, but then when you get a little older, they yeah. chalk it up. But, but yeah, he's crazy, but now he has perspective. He's wise. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> no, but Kev, thank you, you so much. Able, you have to be able to survive crazy. So. You do. Because life, you know, life is crazy and everyone's hit with different different challenges. Um, and you got to use the, you know, the tools in your toolbox at the end of the day. Your, your sleep, your diet, your health, your, your, your setting up intentions for the week ahead, your calendar, your structure, those are tools in your toolbox to Absolutely. help you create a more achievable life balance. I couldn't have said it better. Well, until next time, Kev, thanks so much. And everyone out there, go write your primary aim. There you go. Thanks. Thank Take you. Care. Thanks for listening to this episode. Out of the Hourglass is recorded and produced by the team at Nolan Consulting Group, a nationwide business consulting firm with coaches located around the country. Have a question, comment, or idea for a future episode? We'd love to hear from you. Visit our website, www.nolancg.com.